reading a novel right now, um, and in it, one of the characters is extremely excited to become a mother, and she's pregnant with her first child, and tragically, she loses the child uh, very late in the pregnancy, and there's this moment where she uh, realizes what's happened. She's gone through the, the trauma, both physical and emotional, of losing her baby, and it, the author just writes it this way. She looked at the ceiling and squinted hard as if she might be able to see God hovering over her. Why, she said. She rose up a bit, wanting to understand, trying so hard to do so, but she couldn't. She felt her faith drifting, drifting up out of her, right through her heart and her chest, until she realized that what she was reaching for was that very thing. She was trying to catch hold of her faith and not let it escape, but it was gone. It burned through the ceiling. She could hear it sizzle through the wood. Such a powerful scene. It made me immediately think about something that I heard in this chapel a few weeks ago from Melissa Villalobos, who came to share her story of the miraculous healing um, that she received through Cardinal Cardinal Newman while she was pregnant with one of her children. Um, Before that ever happened, though, she had lost a child herself. And the first miracle she ever asked for from Cardinal Newman was that while she was losing her baby, she realized from the ultrasound that the baby was not alive anymore and she was going to have to deliver him stillborn. Um, she begged Cardinal Newman, help me not to lose my faith. Help me want to stay a Catholic, still love Jesus. Even if I lose this child or don't ever understand why this happened, um, that I could still have trust in God and still love him. And sure enough, she did lose her, her child and continued to have faith. And she counted that as, as a miracle from Cardinal Newman. She said, I'll never ask you for anything again. Well, later on, she got a much bigger miracle, um, or more obvious miracle, I should say. But there's something about the crisis. Some, I mean, these crises are identical in a way. Um, but all of us go through some kind of crisis of faith uh, during our lives. And usually it's something like that, like a loss, a sickness, some authority figure, um, betraying us or letting us down, something big in our lives or in the, the life of the church in general that just tests our faith. Is God really with us? Or how could this have happened if God uh, cared or was here? But in a way, they can make or break us. I think um, when I think of M- Melissa and her story, um, that suffering that she endured, that loss that she, that she went through, I think strengthened her faith. The same way that this character in the book, the same thing made her lose her faith. Um, I think it's a question of uh, to whom shall we go when something like this happens. And I just feel like in the last month or three months, it's just been one thing after another. Um, Difficult things to explain, difficult things to, to say like, this is why God has allowed this to happen or this is what God is doing. Um, sometimes things just happen and they feel senseless. Um, but in those moments, I think we're called to um, conform our wills, our minds, to reality, which is that in spite of all of these things, God is still with us, that God is still real, that he does care, and that if we don't see that, if we're blind to that somehow, that's us. And God is maybe doing something uh, severe to plow up our hearts, plow up the, the soil of our hearts with the cross of suffering or disappointment or loss in order to make that faith more real. The temptation, of course, will always be to just 
give up. Because what does that mean to give up faith when something really bad happens? It means to give up hope. That I guess I just can't count on God to deliver. That he's not going to fulfill his promises. That I shouldn't get my hopes up. But the message of the Bible, of the prophets, is constantly hope. It's going to happen. God is coming. Emmanuel, God with us, is on his way. That's what we wait for in Advent. And it couldn't be more vivid in the prophet Isaiah today, uh, the image that he has of the lion laying with the lamb, the child putting his hand on the adder's lair. All of these are, are images of harmony, things that you could never imagine happening. Where, where there is discord and chaos and violence, there will be peace and harmony and mutual self-giving love. We can't give up that hope. And so the message today in the Gospel of John the Baptist is to repent. It means to change your mind, to change your direction. Something Cardinal Newman actually said, St. John Henry Newman, said that to live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. I think sometimes the blessing of, of difficult situations, crises, sufferings, is that they cause us to have to change, to have to look at our lives or look at our assumptions about life and about others, about ourselves, about God, and reevaluate them. That can be scary because I know, I don't, maybe I just speak for myself, but I have this image in my head of like, someday I'll just arrive and I'll have it all together and my faith is all going to make sense and nothing bad is ever going to happen because I'm in control. That's never going to happen. And there's this funny little part of this gospel today when the Pharisees come out to John in the desert to be baptized. You'd think John would be like, oh good, even the Pharisees are here. But he immediately accuses them, you brood of vipers, who warned you of the coming wrath? Maybe what John sees in them is that they think they have arrived. They are self-satisfied. This baptism of repentance is, is a matter of show to see that we're, we're, we're holy. Look at us. But what, God, what John is calling us to and what he's warning us about is that there is no arrival. To live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. That While in this life, there's no place of arrival. It's, it's constant change and, and awakening to our own limitations, our own sin, and repentance of that sin and reception of God's mercy. To whom shall we go? Who will we hope in? If we don't want to let our hopes die, that, that there is a world coming or that, that there is someone in control who can right all the wrongs, who can make sense of all of our suffering, who can create order out of chaos. It's this Messiah whom we wait for at Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, who is with us in this Mass, is with us in our hearts through baptism, through the Holy Spirit, and wherever we go, we can trust that whatever happens, He is with us.